Hello and welcome to the Tweed Coast Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message would inspire you, that it would build your faith, and that it would give you perspective on how God is moving in your life. So be blessed and enjoy the message. Hey, so like I said, we're going to be wrapping up this, uh, this series and I'm going to be speaking in verses 14 through 17. And uh, I was going to actually read from verse 1 all the way through 17, but then I decided I'm going to be tired of hearing my voice very, very quickly. And I imagine you'll be the same. So instead, I um, did what any good preacher does and jumped on YouTube and found a video instead. Um, so why don't, you, why don't you check out the screens and um, yeah, it'll be good. I am the real vine and my father is the gardener. He breaks off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And he prunes every branch that does bear fruit. So that it will be clean and bear more fruit. You have been made clean already by the teaching I have given you. Remain united to me. And I will remain united to you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It can do so only if it remains in the vine. In the same way, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. And you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit. For you can do nothing without me. Those who do not remain in me are thrown out like a branch and dry up. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, for they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you will ask for anything you wish, and you shall have it. My Father's glory is shown by your bearing much fruit, and in this way you become my disciples. I love you, just as the Father loves me. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, love one another, just as I love you. The greatest love you can have for your friends is to give your life for them, and you are my friends, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer. Because servants do not know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends. Because I have told you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me. I chose you. And appointed you to go and bear much fruit. The kind of fruit that endures. And so, the father will give you whatever you ask of him in my name. This then, is what I command you. Love one another. Wow, there you go. So much better hearing him speak than me, hey? (laughs) Title of my message this morning is Friend of Jesus. What does friend mean to you? What does it mean to you? Because we probably all have all sorts of connotations when we think of the word friend. In, in Australia, we kind of like to throw around the, the term mate or buddy or legend or 
I don't know, Cobber, whatever it is. But what does it mean to you? Is it those things? Is it an acquaintance, a soulmate, confidant, ally, sidekick? I don't know. But let's just take a moment to unpack this word friend, maybe a bit more in the context of the Scriptures. See, when, when John was writing this, writing these words of Jesus, it probably would have carried a, a lot of associations um, for the disciples. And by the way, watching that video, you'd give anything to be one of those disciples walking alongside Jesus, wouldn't you? Like, I, that, you know, it just paints a picture of what it, what it would have been like, you know, hearing the words of Jesus spoken firsthand like that. But I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that it is documented. We have the Word of God, the words of Jesus right here in our hands um, and have the ability to read it. So how beautiful is that? They probably would have, um, you know, grown up possibly hearing from some of the Greek philosophers. I have some, uh, some of those, these quotes here from Socrates. He said, There is no possession more valuable than a good and faithful friend. Another one was, Of all the means which wisdom acquires to ensure happiness throughout the whole of life, by far the most important is friendship, Epicurus. Or this one, there is a friend of mine whose name I don't know and I've known him for too long to ask. That actually wasn't a Greek philosopher. That was just a a quote that I thought I'd throw in there. He was a French playwright. (laughs) Anyone been there before? (laughs) You become mates with someone you still kind of don't really remember their name. (laughs) But possibly maybe even more importantly, they would have grown up hearing the Scriptures taught to them. Proverbs 18 says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 17 says, A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. Proverbs 27, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Ecclesiastes 4, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble, and on it goes from there. Now reading these quotes in Scriptures, I'm noticing something. They're not quite like the, the friendship cards that we'd probably find on the shelves in the newsagent or, you know, your $2 store, you know, adorned with uh, roses and kittens and all those kinds of things. I, actually, I, gra- I did find some images of some funny ones here. So, you know, I always need to lighten the mood and laugh a little bit. So we've got a few photos here of some, uh, I'd walk through fire for you. Well, not fire because it's dangerous, but a super humid room, but not too humid because my hair. Any ladies out there? relate to that. (laughs) Um, I'd swim across the ocean for you. Just kidding, there are sharks in there. Very relevant for our area. Friends come and go like the waves of the ocean, but the true ones stick like an octopus on your face. You're my octopus. I think we had one more. Your friendship means more to me than coffee, except on Mondays. So it's safe to say these cards, none of these cards are quite in line with, uh, you know, the verse 13 of lay down one's life for a friend. I haven't seen those kinds of friendship cards. Maybe they do exist, but none of these were quite in line with that. So if we take all of this into account, what Jesus was saying here in chapter 15, in fact, chapter 14, 15, and 16, they seem pretty extraordinary, especially for us as the modern reader. Like I think the disciples probably had a bit of a better understanding of what a true friend meant. But I think our, we, we're so filled in terms of our world with funny, you know, cards like that. 
saying that you're my octopus. I mean, I don't know how that well that would have translated for the disciples back in the day. Maybe it would have. But as a modern reader, the words of Jesus that we're reading here, they're pretty extraordinary. So what does it mean to be a friend of Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked. My first point is being a friend of Jesus involves obedience. Everyone say obedience. Now, that's probably not the most, uh, you know, happy kind of thought. You think obedience where you're like, well, that's not what I came here to hear. Like I heard, I came here to hear, you know, nice things and all of that. But verse 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I love that first part of it though. You are my friends. What a statement. I mean, the son of God, the Messiah, the Jesus who came to save us says, you are my friends. But then he says, you are my friends if, which kind of is a bit confusing when you read it at first because it sounds a little bit like a conditional statement, doesn't it? You are my friends if you do what I command. Again, let's, let's paint the picture a little bit here. See, Jesus was speaking these words to the 11 disciples. Judas had already left, but in a few hours, he'd be coming back, this time with an angry, hateful mob of soldiers. And all these words in that we're reading in John 14, 15, 16, were really to prepare his followers for life after departure. He was leaving them via the cross, as we know, and he would one day come back for them. But in the meantime, they needed some instructions on how to live. So he gave them this picture, picture from agriculture, very relevant for them as, um, as Pastor Victoria, you know, painted the picture very, you know, physically with the ladders that, by the way, were, I know those ladders and they are very rickety and they are not structurally sound at all. But she, she used that same illustration. She showed an illustration and for them that would have been very relevant. So Jesus gave them this picture from agriculture saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. And as both Pastor Victoria and Sam spoke about that as branches, they needed to abide, to make a conscious daily decision to be close to him, to be in contact with him. And if they would abide, he told them that they would bring forth fruit. And this is something I draw out of this as I was thinking about it, is that fruitfulness is linked to abiding and abiding is linked to obedience. Let me say that again. Fruitfulness is linked to abiding and abiding is linked to obedience. I'm, I'm forewarning you already now that my message is going to have a few things that you're going to have to chew on for a little while to really digest it. Fruitfulness is linked to abiding and abiding is linked to obedience, which is why Jesus could say, you are my friends if you do what I command. Because friendship with Jesus is linked to obedience because a true friend of Jesus obeys him. But what a beautiful thing. Jesus is offering us intimacy with him. Don't don't miss this, by the way. Jesus is offering us something. Jesus is offering us obedience. uh, Sorry, he's offering us intimacy with him. Doesn't mean that he's stooping down to equal terms. He's not going to be our our buddy, you know. He's not going to be, I know we used to throw the saying like, Jesus is my homeboy. I don't think that's quite exactly what he's talking about here. I don't think Jesus is going to become your homeboy just by you being obedient to him. Because after all, there's a fundamental difference between Jesus and you and I. He's the creator. We are the created. He's the redeemer and we are the redeemed. And that's why. 
he's able to say, if, if you do what I command, because ultimately he is the one. It's such a privilege. It's such a privilege. My second point this morning is that being a friend of Jesus involves knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. knowledge. Verse 15 says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. I no longer call you servants or some slaves or servants, different translations. I no longer call you slaves. What an announcement. What a statement. Jesus had let, was letting his disciples know that they had graduated into a, a new liv, level of intimacy with him. So why doesn't Jesus call us slaves anymore? Well, it says there afterwards, it says, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. A slave doesn't know what the Lord is doing, what, what his Lord is doing. A friend knows. So what were the disciples, why were the disciples no longer considered merely, merely slaves? Well, because Jesus had let them know something very important. They were entitled to knowledge. What kind of knowledge? Oh, thanks for asking, by the way. <laughs> As friends of Jesus, we are privileged to know about three special things. What are they? I'll tell you now. <laughs> we are privileged to know about a special position. Verse 15, the first part says, I have called you friends. Say, I'm a friend of God. That was your cue to say it. I'm a friend of God. We'll try that the third time. I'm a friend of God. (laughs) We know about a very special position that we are in. We are friends of the creator. We're friends of the redeemer. We are friends of Jesus I feel like this verse 15 has a bit of a a golden nugget for some of us right here. Because I know in this world that we live in, you could probably close your eyes and point to anyone in a crowd and there'd be multiple people who are looking at themselves, looking at their lives, not happy with who they are, not happy in the circumstances there are, poor self-image, low self-esteem. But can I tell you, one of the keys to good self-esteem, good self-image is to learn to accept what Jesus has to say about you. It's what Jesus says that matters. It's not what we say that matters. It's not what the person next to you or people around you are saying that matters. It's not what we think. Certainly not what we feel. It's what he says. And what does he say about you? I have called you friend. That's what Jesus says. He calls you friend. The second thing about the second knowledge that we have is that we are privileged to know about a special purpose. Second part says, I have told you everything the Father told me. So let me paint a picture here. Imagine... A king came into our auditorium this morning. He came, obviously, in a limo, because that's what kings do. And he had a limo driver, a chauffeur with him. This, 
And he, in the, right in the middle of a service, he ordered his sh- chauffeur and says, go out and bring my limo to the front door. What do you think the chauffeur would do? Middle of the service, right now, Josh, Neil, you are the king. And, um, and Nonny, you are his chauffeur. <laughs> Josh, if you said to your, your chauffeur, Nonny, you said, hey, right in the middle of service, like literally right now, you just said, go bring my limo out the front. What would you do as a good chauffeur? You'd say, yes, king. And you'd go straight out and you'd bring the limo. You wouldn't question it at all. Would you ask for explanation? No. You want to say, well, King, let's, let's talk about this right now. We're in the middle of a service. Like, it's a bit embarrassing. No. You would go and get the car right away. No questions asked. Now, suppose you asked a close friend. You asked Harry, your close friend, and said, Harry, can you go get my limo, please? Now, no doubt, Harry, as a good friend, you would go and get his limo you wouldn't dare disobey your king. But being a friend of the king, you probably have the right to ask a few questions. And the king, being a good king, a wise king, you would probably share some of the reasoning as to why you asked for your limo in the middle of the service. Because he's a friend. You seeing the connection here? Because Jesus calls us friend. A servant doesn't have an intimate relationship with his master. A friend does. A servant does what he's told without understanding his master's plan. But Jesus calls us friends. He lets us in on the Father's will. And since we're friends of Jesus, we have the privilege of knowing about his special purpose. The third thing is we are privileged to know about our special plan. Verse 16 says, You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. We're chosen. We are chosen. I, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Think about how Jesus even approached his disciples. He went to Peter the fisherman and said, follow me. He went to Matthew the tax collector and said, follow me. Jesus went to them and he chose them. The second part is that we have been chosen to bring bring forth fruit. Verse 16 says, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. And we've been unpacking that over the last couple of weeks. And the third thing, the third element to the special plan is that we have been chosen to bring forth fruit through prayer. You know, next month we're heading into a month of prayer and fasting. And there's things that begin to unlock when we pray There is strongholds that are broken. There are chains that are broken when the church unites and prays. I read this this quote by Bill Hull, who's an evangelist, and he said this, I've heard it said that the first church prayed 10 days prior to Pentecost, preached 10 minutes, and saw 3,000 come to Christ. The modern church prays 10 minutes, preaches 10 days, and sees a handful come to Christ. What a challenge, hey? What a challenge. That's why I love as a church that we're led by senior pastors who have the wisdom of saying, hey, 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 let's not just dive into 2022, just all guns blazing. We need to pray first. And that's become such a statement in our church that we pray first. Whatever comes our way, we pray first. We pray first. We pray first. We have been chosen to bring forth fruit 
through prayer. And the third point this morning is that being a friend of Jesus involves love. Verse 17 says, this is my command, love each other. As Jesus' friends, we love him. And remember, we talk about this friend. It's not just a chum. It's not just a buddy. We love our mates. But this is, we're talking about a different level of intimacy here. But we love him because he loved us first. We love him because he loved us first. I love how in, you know, as we unpack this, starts off in verse 12, he lays out the standard. He said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. In verse 16, he says, I chose you. And then in verse 17, he says, I command you. Love is not an option. It's not something we should be choosing. He's commanding us to be a caring community, to be a loving community. And if we're choosing love, if we're choosing to obey his commands, it means selfishness is out. It means that self-centeredness, self-promotion is out, self-seeking is out, egocentrism is out. It's all out the window because we're called to love one another. I'd love to have the team back up here if that's all right. Matthew 22. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. So my question to you, church, this morning is, are you a friend of Jesus? Or do you wish to be a friend of Jesus? Because it will involve obedience. Obedience to his commands. It will involve knowledge. Knowledge of the fact that we are his friends knowledge that we are chosen, knowledge that we have been called to bear fruit. And the third thing it involves is love. We are to be people that love God and love others. Can we go into this year knowing that we are called by him? Can we go into this year knowing that we are called by him and through a life-giving union with Christ, we can go into 2022 flourishing. And if this morning, there's a reason before I started even, even started my message, I just paused because we're, we're rushing into this year so quickly already. I mean, last year just went like that. And here's 2022 came around the corner and I even was talking with somebody this morning and, just asking, how's it going? And, and they're saying, oh, it's just, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to find a balance between work and rest and, and everything in between. And if we don't get it right, we're going to be, we're going to feel like we're burnt out and fizzled out already come end of March. But we need to make sure that we're abide, abiding in his presence. So why don't we all stand to our feet? across this room. Why don't you just stretch out your hands in front of you, just with open palms. And I want you to stand like that just for 30 seconds, just in the stillness, just ready to receive from God. 
Lord, thank you that you see every hand that is stretched out and ready to receive from you. Lord, we don't want to we don't want to miss what you're doing. We don't want to miss what you're doing in our lives. We don't want to miss the opportunities that we have in front of us to minister to our neighbors, the people in our neighborhood, the people in our world. But Lord, would you just come fill us again? We've already filled our lives with so much this year. But Lord, we need to be filled by you, filled by your presence, filled with your spirit, Lord. So Lord, I pray a blessing over every person in this room, every man, every woman, every child, every child that's in our kids' programs this morning, Lord. Would you come and do something new in our lives? Like we were singing earlier, all we have is a, is a hallelujah. I'm stretched out. Lord, we need to receive something new from you this morning. We are ready. Lord, as we head into February, in our month of prayer and fasting, Lord, would you speak to us already now as to what you, want, you are calling us to put aside, to lay down so that we can pick something up, new up in you, Lord. Lord, we don't want to miss a single moment in your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that we are chosen. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be fruitful, to abide in you, to be branches. Lord, may these verses in John 15 resonate in our hearts, Lord. May we read it again and again and be inspired by your Spirit, Lord. Read it from diff- in different ways, in different translations, Lord God. May it speak to us, Lord. It's your words, Jesus. We lay everything at the foot of your cross this morning and say, have your way. Have your way in 2022. Have your way in our lives. Lord God, we can't do this in our own strength. We need you. We need you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we worship together, church? Thanks so much for joining us today. If you would like to connect with us, we would love to connect with you. Jump on our website, tweetcoastchurch.com.au for ways to stay in touch. Or follow us on Instagram at tweetcoastchurch. Well, that's it from us. Have a fantastic week.